Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is a man who's unafraid to, to speak his truth on Cleveland radio, and he's done it for a very long time. We know him. We love him. From Cleveland.com, from The Plain Dealer, it is the great Chris Fedor on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Fedor, if you were to uh, if you were to do your own Christmas song, right? If you were to cover mm. a Christmas classic song and release it to the world, what song would you choose? The NSYNC Christmas song. Damn it, dude. Like what? I, I just, I just, I like, like Blue Christmas, right? Okay, like, um, I mean, you could have gotten away with that crappy Band Aid song uh, that I always forget with Bono and with Boy George and all. Could have done that, but In Sync Christmas. What are we doing here? Yes, it's awesome. Quit playing of- games with Christmas. No, it's Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Merry you know Christmas. Song. Yeah. Happy Christmas. holiday. Yeah, it's awesome. It plays all song. the time in all of these stores, all of these outdoor malls. If you go to a skating rink around Christmas time, whether it's in San Francisco or New York, it's going to be playing there too. It's awesome. Don't knock it, Nick. Gonna have I'm, to- I'm more of a classic Christmas carol guy. And, and by the way, mm-hmm. I did listen during the break, Nick. I, I went down that rabbit hole and listened to like two of those uh, Jason Kelsey songs. Mm-hmm. He's really good. Actually, so I think you're hearing Jordan Mailata because that dude can straight up like – He's like a crooner. It's like it's like throwing me off how good he I, is. I don't know who's singing what, but it's it's like they're they're being added as we speak to my Christmas uh, playlist. All right, Chris. The other go-to in our household is Feliz Navidad because that is just a classic. It's a classic. It makes me think of uh, uh, a vacation, Christmas vacation. Yeah, exactly. My sister uh, in sixth grade was not allowed to sing Feliz Navidad because there was a, a girl of. Uh, of Latina descent that got to sing uh-huh. it, which makes a lot of sense because it's Feliz Navidad. And my sister has not allowed me to listen to that song since. She's been very bitter about it. So I, I know of it. I've heard it. But uh, even to this day, at 37 years old, if she found out that I listened to it, she'd be very upset. Fedor, uh, let's, get, let's skip the family drama here and let's get uh-huh. to the calves. Uh, how fixable are the road woes? I think they're fixable because I think they're just, too good of a team offensively and defensively to not fix them. Um, obviously, the splits on the home versus the road for Darius Garland are pretty striking and pretty concerning. But I just think a lot of what has happened in the first 30 games with the Cavs, 30-plus games with the Cavs, is circumstantial, and it's very tied into the schedule. It's very tied into the players that they had available for those games, um, the situations that we're going through during those games, 
I do think they are going to fix them, but they have to find a way to play with the same level of intensity and the same energy on the road that they do at home. The bizarre thing for them is that because they're a defensive-minded team, that's who they are at their core, that shouldn't be something that fluctuates home road. It should be something that travels for them, and it hasn't. But I still think they're a good enough team um, to fix the problems that that they have shown in the first 30-plus games. You know, uh, Chris, we were talking earlier uh, during the show about um, the fact that Donovan Mitchell has really kind of taken on a role of leadership for someone who's been here for like two seconds. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he's, he's you know the leading scorer and doing all these things like on the court. But for someone to come in here with a young team and uh, well, and also a mix of veterans, but to be able to mm-hmm. come in here this quickly and kind of take things over, it's been been pretty impressive. What's he, what's it like behind the scenes, and uh, are we seeing that accurately? You are seeing it accurately, guys, and I think a big part of it is just who he is at his core. And the Cavs were looking to improve the roster for the last year and a half, right, trying to fix the holes that they had for the last year and a half. But they knew that it was very, very delicate. And they knew whoever they were going to bring in was going to have to fit in that locker room because they had already been building towards something. And they already felt good about some of the stuff that they had in place with Darius Garland and Kevin Love and Ricky Rubio and that leadership structure. And then with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen as well mixed in there. So they had to find the right person. And that's the thing to me that stands out so much about Donovan. He has been the right person for this group. He's connecting to the veterans and to the young guys. He communicates in a way that is going to make them want to listen and want to follow because it's coming from a good place, because it's coming with positivity. It's not beating them down when he brings up these kinds of things. And the other thing is he allows himself to be coached, and he allows himself to be held accountable. There was um, a game earlier this year, guys, where they played against the Atlanta Hawks, and Donovan Mitchell made multiple mistakes on the defensive end, and a couple of the guys, one of them was rookie A.J. Griffin, they were making shots over him left and right, and Lamar Stevens came into the huddle, and he busted his ass about it. And Donovan took that to heart. He didn't push back. He said, yeah, you're right. I've got to be better. So he's willing to hold himself accountable. Players are willing to hold him accountable, and that allows everybody to hold themselves accountable. Like if you have Donovan Mitchell, somebody like that, who's willing to sacrifice, willing to be selfless, willing to hold himself accountable and listen when other people have a problem with him, given everything that he's accomplished throughout the course of his career, like there's nothing that you can say to anybody else that would be any different than that, right? Right. Chris, you were talking about uh, Darius Garland's home and road splits. His uh, his December numbers are not great. He's down yeah. about seven points per game, uh, a half assist per game, uh, I, although I think his rebounding numbers are up. I, I say I think because I'm totally reading it off basketball reference right now. But I'll ask you, like, are the Cavs concerned about the dip in production in December for Darius? I don't think they're concerned about too many things related to Darius because I think they feel like those are circumstantial. We'll find out just how right they are. But the Cavs expected coming into this year, guys, that Darius was going to have to take a little bit of a step back. The Cavs expected coming into this year that he was going to go through growing pains playing alongside Donovan Mitchell. It was just going to be different. And it doesn't mean that Darius doesn't want it to work. He does want it to work, and Donovan wants it to work. 
And together, I think they can be brilliant once they figure it out. But it's clear that they're still working through those things. And J.B. Bickerstaff is working through his rotations and his lineups and trying to find the best way to maximize Darius, find the best way to maximize Donovan, and find the best way, quite frankly, to maximize them together. It's different for Donovan than it's ever been throughout the course of his career. It's different for Darius than it's ever been throughout the course of his career. Think about last year. Last year, because of injuries, Ricky Rubio going down, Colin Sexton going down, everything ran through Darius. He had the ball in his hands as much as he wanted. He was in charge of everything that they did on the offensive end. Got as many shots as he wanted. Everything was very, very comfortable because it was catered to him and his skill set. This year, it's not the same. He's had to take a little bit of a step back, and he's still trying to figure out how to be all-star level Darius, how to be great player Darius, while dealing with some of the differences that come with this slight role change that he's been thrust into because of Donovan's arrival. Uh, are, are we doing uh, tribute videos for every ex-Cavalier? <laughs> well, they didn't do any for Colin Sexton or Lowry Markkinen last night I, I'm, in the I'm, Jazz game. Do, no, um, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. But, I mean, sh- should they for uh, for ex-players or, or no? I think Just it LeBron depends James? on – I think it depends on, on who it was and the kind of impact that they had on the organization. Should Colin um, Sexton have gotten one? Let's let's get down to the brass there's tacks. There's the question. <laughs> Is that really the question? Yes, he should have gotten one because he was a key piece of what brought them Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, their newest superstar since LeBron James. Where's so my O'Shea Baji tribute video then? <laughs> all of the pieces that were responsible for Donovan Mitchell coming here should get a tribute video because the Cavs are in a great position moving forward for the next three to five years because of them. So, like, the 2025 first-round pick's yes, going to get one? whoever that is. Yeah, yes, pl- picks to be named later. The first-round pick and <laughs> the pick swaps and all those things. Absolutely. Chris, uh, looking to another one of the big three, Evan Mobley, the numbers are stable compared to last yeah. year, but we haven't seen that jump yet. Um, when you look at his development, what outside of the box score, what are some signs maybe that his development into year two is he's taken a step in some areas of his game, or do we have him? This is so strange to me, guys, because I feel like we have them. And I just feel like Evan's the kind of guy who isn't going to consistently put up gaudy numbers, but he's going to impact winning on a possession-to-possession basis and on a nightly basis. And that can sometimes be difficult to measure. I mean, think about the role that he plays within this offense. Most nights he's going to be the fourth or fifth option, depending on who he's sharing the court with. Like, if he's sharing the court with Karis LeVert, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, and Jared Allen, he's going to be the fifth option on the offensive end. So I don't think he's going to be a guy who is going to make the biggest strides that are noticeable to people when it comes to the box score. But just watch the way that he plays on a nightly basis. Watch the way that he impacts the game on a nightly basis, offensively and defensively. Like, he's number one in the NBA in defensive win shares, and I don't think um, I don't think that's a flawed metric based on the kind of impact that he has for the Cavs defensively. A lot of the things that they do defensively, they're predicated on the fact that they've got two elite rim protectors, two elite seven-foot rim protectors with size and skill. If you took Jared out of the mix, that changes. 
if you take Evan out of the mix, that changes. So I don't think you can ignore those kinds of things. To me, he has made a significant leap this year, even if the, the, the stats that you usually look at, the counting stats, would point you to him being very similar to last year. Chris, uh, looking at the Eastern Conference, uh, obviously the Cavs currently sit at the three seed uh, behind the Bucks and the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Who do you think presents the biggest test or challenge to the Cavs? Both of those teams. Okay. Because I think they've experienced things that the Cavs haven't, and that they're just at a different level than both of those, um, than the Cavs are. Both of those teams are at a different level. So I don't know that I can sit here and say, well, it's Milwaukee because of X, Y, and Z, or it's Boston because of X, Y, and Z. The thing to me that separates Boston and Milwaukee from the Cavs is the same thing. It's the togetherness. It's the experience. It's the know-how in critical situations. Boston is the reigning Eastern Conference champion. They have felt things that the Cavs haven't felt. They've seen things that the Cavs haven't seen. And there's nothing that the Cavs can do about that, to be perfectly honest with you. And there's no way um, for them to make up that ground on a team like Boston or Milwaukee. It's always going to be something that they're battling against. In fact, I talked to Karis LeVert about that a little bit in the locker room last night because they're going into the Milwaukee game tomorrow night. And it's just the reality of the situation that they're in. Darius isn't going to know what the playoffs are like until he's there. And the Cavs aren't going to know what Darius is going to be like in the playoffs until he's actually there. The only player on this roster, guys, that has experienced a lot of success in the postseason is Kevin Love. Beyond that, even Donovan Mitchell, who led Utah to five straight playoff uh, appearances, he hasn't gone deep, deep into the playoffs the same way that Milwaukee has together, the same way that Boston has together. Um, So I think that's something that the Cavs are going to have to overcome. And the other thing is look at the wing situation. This is a league dominated by two-way wings. Giannis in Milwaukee, Chris Middleton in Milwaukee, and the Jays in Boston. Um, The Cavs are running Lamar Stevens as their starting small forward. Isaac Okoro for the last two games filling in for Lamar. Dean Wade is probably going to get some opportunities there. So that is still a glaring hole that I think the Cavs are going to have to try and look um, at at, at upgrading at some point, um, especially with the trade deadline right around the corner. Um, But if they're going to run out the same wings that they've been running out there for the regular season, like that's an exploitable matchup for any elite team, including Boston and Milwaukee. That's another thing that's going to separate them. All right, Chris, final one. It's time for a good old guesstimate. Uh, how many wins is it going to take to get a top four seed in the East this year? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. It's funny because there Don't were be some people that are, I was talking to um, a couple of days ago, and they looked at the standings, and they were like, uh-oh, here comes Brooklyn. <laughs> you know, There were people around the NBA, including inside the Cavs organization, that were banking on Brooklyn completely imploding. And that hasn't happened. In fact, it's been the opposite. Since Kyrie came back, Brooklyn has been one of the best teams in the NBA. Um, Milwaukee's not going anywhere. Boston's not going anywhere. Brooklyn, it doesn't look like they're going to implode like a lot of people thought. So if you're talking about getting in that mix with those teams, it's probably going to take somewhere around 50, maybe even north of that, to be perfectly honest with you. 
Chris, great stuff. Can't wait for your InSync cover to come out here, buddy. Happy holidays and uh, keep killing it. Send us out with it. Oh, oh, send us out with it. Come on now. No, 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 no. It's not happening. I've said this a number of times that the only person in this world that likes my singing voice is my son because he just doesn't know any better. So uh, I'll just keep that one to myself. Give him time. Give him time. Chris, great stuff, buddy. Thanks, buddy. You got it, guys. Anytime. We asked this question uh dusty because i was listening to the morning show today and they did a great job breaking down the laurie market and revenge game um how great the cavaliers played last night it was a pretty easy win and ken almost sounded like he wanted colin sexton to get a tribute video in return for all the times the Cavs sold us colin sexton as being a better player than he was like it wasn't I mean, that Colin did anything in Cleveland. It's just that the the organization forced him on us for so long that that Ken felt they owed it to us to give us a tribute video for Colin Sexton. I I would say this. I think Chris had the best point. I mean, the fact that Colin Sexton was the centerpiece for for us to to get uh, Donovan Mitchell was uh, probably more than enough reason to give a tribute video to Colin Sexton. And you're right, we did sell ourselves for a long time. Uh, on the idea of what Colin Sexton could be and and that he was going to be some great player. And, and maybe he will end up being a great player one day in the league, but uh, not for this team, not not for this this uh, particular roster right now. Yeah, I, I just – I would love – I really do think we've just jumped the shark with tribute videos. Like, it was funny yeah. to me when people were bitching about the LeBron thing because LeBron thing I got. Like, LeBron got you the only title in organizational history. He took you to the NBA Finals five times – uh, which, by the way, the only times you've ever been to the NBA Finals, and he's he's going to go down as either the best or second best or third best player in NBA history. That's the guy you give a tribute to for the rest of time. Like Colin Sexton, maybe it's just like a nice note in a locker room. Hey, bud, how's it going, champ? How's, hey, how's hey, Utah treating uh, you, slugger? Appreciate your time. Yeah. Oh, that, with a little Southern accent there. Hey, y'all. Well, you kind of took me there. Did I? Did I lead you to the Southern accent? You led me. You, well, you did like a half Haslam. Uh-huh. You never, you never go, want to go. You never, yeah. you never want to go full Haslam. Yeah, candidly, it's not something you want to do. <laughs> uh, no, because it just so I'm going to go to a very extreme point about Colin Sexton and celebrating Colin's time here. You didn't win anything with Colin. Um, he, is an, he was a really nice player on a team that wasn't any good. And he's a really nice guy, by the way. Like, I really hope he does. I hope he kind of Andrew Wiggins himself into $300 million. <laughs> right? Like, Andrew Wiggins has no business being in his career being a $300, $400 million player. That's exactly what, what he's on pace for if he retires at the end of this next contract in like two years. No way he deserves that money. Well, sorry. No way his play equates to him deserving that money. But he's an A1 human being and a sweet guy, so I'm glad for him. That's where I feel like with Colin. Yeah, but, th- dude, that's the NBA, man. Like, guys make ridiculous money. God. It's it's different than, than the NFL, man. Like, it's just, it's, it's just crazy to think about how much guys are making. Well, and I, so I say that to say, and I'm not, I love this organization, and so, I, like, it is probably the organization that annoys me least in town, which is really all I covet. In, in following a team is how much do you annoy me versus how much do you not annoy me? Um, the Cleveland Guardians, after trading Owen Miller, put out a thank you post on Instagram. Thank you for everything, Owen. Was it the 220? Was it the 220 batting average? 
Was it the uh, was it the point six or minus point six war that we're thanking him for? Like we've just it's because what it is is it's phony. That's what I hate about it. Like uh, I like when I was in Carolina, the 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 Carolina Panthers after one season with Terry uh, Teddy Bridgewater did everything they could to let everybody in the NFL know that Teddy Bridgewater is the reason they only won five games in Matt Rule's first year. They literally went down to Mobile at the Senior Bowl where they had the coaching staff, uh, where their coaching staff was was the NFC side of things, and they literally, there were just their coaches were in the lobby just like bad-mouthing Teddy Bridgewater. And so after trading for Sam Darnold and moving on from Teddy, the social media put out this whole thank you, Teddy meme. And I was like, wait, 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 wait a damn moment. You've spent four months crap-talking him to everybody in the NFL, and now we're going to post a tribute on social media? Like, what the hell are we doing here? And I think teams have just fallen. It's, it's You know what? Because every organization does it, and it doesn't mean anything. And it does. What it does is it cheapens things like the LeBron video or Welcome Back Kyrie or when Kevin Love uh, goes away and comes back. Thank you, Kevin. Like, if you do it for everybody, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, like if you again, if you help win a championship, then you deserve a a tribute. I mean, it's make the playoffs at least once, and we'll give you a tribute. I mean, who would be like the least worth? I mean, the least on the list, right? Uh, but also worthy of getting a tribute video. James Jones. Yes. It's just every every picture is James Jones sitting on the bench. It's like I mean, LeBron hits a three, or Kyrie slam dunks, or or Kevin gets a big rebound. It's just James in the background clapping. <laughs> I don't want to win. What uh, about Channing Fry? All right, bite your tongue there. All right, Channing Fry and and, and Richard Jefferson are. are I hey, are how about by the way? Speaking of 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 uh, tributes. And hyping people up. How about the J.R. Smith shirtless uh, uh, break of the guitar? Oh, dude, that guitar never stood a chance. I, is, that, is that guitar, by the way, made of paper mache? It's 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 emery board or something. <laughs> like, or maybe is it it's made out of, made out of the, like the boards that I used to kick when I was in karate when I was in first grade. I, it's it's that. Or what if it's a hologram? What if it's not even real? But right, like they, it's just it basically they they CGI it after the fact, so that we because because it doesn't look like any uh, realistic uh, material, like non uh, not no actual material that anybody would build anything out of. Should Colin Sexton have gotten his tribute video, and did the Cavs do him wrong last night? And Laurie Markkinen too. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Nation. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.